no matter the trade you are in, whether you are an excavator, whether you are a landscaper, a painter, there, there are always key relationships, uh, no matter whether you do residential, commercial, industrial, there are always going to be key people and relationships that act as accelerants uh, in your world that, that could that could funnel work your way. So it's about identifying what those kind of niches are that you want to go after and then doing the market research. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan. I am back as your episode host. Today, I am joined by senior business coach here at MCG, Colin Nolan, for a conversation on business development and prospecting. Now, full transparency, Colin and I had a totally different topic planned to to discuss today and share. And then he called an audible and he brought up the fact that we gotta be talking about prospecting this time of year. Frankly, we're maybe even a month or two too late. As we think about the winter time coming, the work that we're trying to build out, this is the time that our sales reps have the time to be prospecting. Leads are down a little bit. People are on vacation. Your, your current schedule is booked up. So let's utilize the time now to be proactive about building relationships and securing future jobs. Colin, let's take it away. All right, let us dive into this conversation today. Colin Nolan, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. This is a trend that we're starting to see. So we figured we might as well have a conversation around it. We're seeing a slowdown in calls. We're seeing people being booked out for exterior work, pouring lots of dollars in lots of marketing dollars into their interior season. But the 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 calls have slowed down. This is not something that I'm just seeing call. You're seeing this as well. Yeah, it typically happens this time of year, most years. Uh, you know, the last two or so years were maybe the exception, right? With the unprecedented demand that we saw, calls kept coming, but people were booked up. Uh, this year, I would say most people are are fairly well booked for the exterior season. Um, some may have, have, you know, a month or so of opening left, depending on where you are. But yeah, for the most part, this time of year, it's like people are on vacation, mm-hmm. calls are slow. Uh, and at the same time, even if you were getting calls, you wouldn't really be able to do a whole lot with them anyways, right? Uh, so it's definitely dog days, interesting time of year. But it's not a time, I mean, the immediate sense of not getting leads to the door, there can sometimes feel like this panic that sets in. But the goal is to not panic, to be to be aggressive and proactive about yeah. making a change. I mean, what the, the conversations I'm having a lot right now are, Colin, what, what do we do with our sales reps? Yes. We, we don't have enough for them to do. I don't want to throw them into the field and have them focus on productivity. Uh, but they're, you know, they're, a lot of times I only have a few bids for them to go on a week and they're kind of twiddling, twiddling their thumbs. Um, so that's kind of the conversation we're having. And we always come back to it at this time of year and and really it should be we're a little late to the, to the game in it but the whole prospecting and business development conversation uh you know ideally it's something that's happening all year round um but uh, right. particularly in the summertime uh even earlier in the summer when there are tons of leads and we can book out work you know you, you can't go 
when things are slow in December and January, you can't just start prospecting then and expect to have any kind of results. That's not the time to do it. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'm breaking anyone's brain by saying that. I think everyone knows that. Um, but it, people need the reminder in this time of year that this is the time to put the focus on the work you want to be doing in the winter and off season. Um, and a lot of times sales reps are available. They have time, so they need to be prospecting. Uh, the problem is great, easier said than done. How do Always. we actually do it? Because my sales rep refused to go to go and prospect the business develop. So how do you shift that mindset? How do you shift that culture of being fed leads versus being fed leads versus no, this is we we go out and find leads. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's it's not something that you can just stop on a dime and reverse um overnight. You know, it, it's gonna take some time to break sales reps of their bad habits and their expectations. Um, so it needs to happen over many conversations. It can't be a surprise. Uh, they need to know in advance that 2024 summertime, yeah, I'm expecting to have to do a good amount of prospecting. I'm very clear on what the work requirement is of me during that time. So you got to start now. Um, the best time to do it was, was a year ago. The second best time is right now, right? Or the, the best time is two years ago. The second best time is right now. So right. start now. Start breaking the culture now. Start talking about why it's important. Um, and then you need to start to kind of put your money where your mouth is, not just say that it's important, but begin to require and hold your reps accountable uh, for doing it. Now, ideally, when when new reps start and when you hire uh, new people for sales, that's the best time to do it, right? It's You need to set the expectation up front. Right. But if you have someone on your team that's been selling for a long time and has always been fed leads, that does not mean they can't change. Uh, it, it will take more time. It will take more conversations. You will need to have a couple of difficult conversations, likely. But if that's the culture you want, that's the culture you deserve, you need to make it happen. Um, so it, it kind of brings up, you know, why don't sales reps like the prospect? Right? Well, yeah, like, I want to say we, I want to make sure, you know, our, our sales reps that are listening to this, we love you guys. This is not meant to be hard on the role of sales and the sales reps that are fantastic. This is about continuing to be a best practice reminder and resource for behaviors to succeed, right? Because And so Paul, my, my question to, to you was, and you're about to lead into it, is why is this so uncomfortable? Why do sales reps not like to prospect? Why do they put up the Heisman when they're told it's prospecting time? Yeah, part of it is their own fault right? Because we, we set the wrong culture, we get them comfortable not doing it. And then whenever you go to do something that you don't often do, you're not going to be good at it. It's going to be uncomfortable. Uh, you don't know where to start. So people don't like doing things they don't know how to do. And then they're not good at that's pretty, pretty obvious one. That's but everybody. Also, that's everyone. Uh, but we also hire the type of sales reps and, and estimators that we, that are hired we typically look for a certain kind of person, you know, a killer, someone who goes for the clothes. And there's no instant gratification and thrill of the clothes in prospecting, at least not, not for a long time. And if that's the expectation you have going into it, you're going to be disappointed. So it's kind of counter to their normal behaviors or what they typically like to do and what they like right. to achieve. Um, it's the nurturing, like the relationship component. 
that they yes, really and a lot of on. a lot of times they enjoy doing it, but uh, that that they like a lot of, by, by that I mean a lot of times sales reps like the relationship side of sales, but mm-hmm. they also like to close and make money as well. Probably a little bit more. Yeah, uh, there you know, prospecting is uncomfortable. It's uh, extreme rejection. Uh, you know, where we see things like a hundred to one ratios for cold calls just to get an appointment set up, right? Um, that is a lot of rejection. That's 99% yeah. rejection. And, you know, things don't don't come in, you know, perfect, um, in, in the perfect amount. So sometimes you might have 300 trade calls that you get rejected on, right? Um, so it, it stinks uh, to get re- rejected, not fun. And then re- really lastly, is the, the classic with them. Uh, what's in it for me? Why, like, why would I go prospect? Like, it's mm-hmm. not going to do anything. So yeah, so we, we, we need to solve that, right? Uh, and how do you solve that? Well, you can't really focus on results as we talked about, because you're going to be disappointed. So you need to change what winning looks like. You need to change what your expectations are of a, a good job. And that really comes down to incentivizing behaviors, um, beginning to celebrate wins that aren't sales. So often in sales, we celebrate wins and hitting goals, uh, hitting sales goals, right? Hitting a certain number. So let's start celebrating adjusted goals. What are some behavior goals that we can set, right? Um, going and attending two networking groups a month, that's behavior. That's not results. Every single sales rep could, could do that, right? So, um, so could we be designing compensation and pay for performance goals around correct. these prospecting behaviors? Correct. It's not something that like it's so you don't want to do that. A, you know, a, a week before the new month and go, hey, since we don't have a lot of calls coming in and we're booked out, and I want you to begin prospecting. I'm going to change your PFP next month. You don't want to shock people like that, mm-hmm. but you want to, like I said earlier, you need to begin having the conversation. Hey, so just so you know, I'm I'm considering changing what your PFP will be next summertime. Um, and you might expect two months where I begin to have your, your bonus be uh, predicated on calling 10 past customers a week, attending to networking groups per month, making a hundred cold calls. So incentivizing behaviors uh, and, and doing that at, at the right times, but also giving them plenty of advance uh, so that they're not shocked by it because you can't mess with people's compensation on short notice like that. I see it as something important to keep in mind. I mean, we're not quite at the point of annual planning. We're almost there in the mindset of starting to think about it, but these are these are things as a business owner to think about what adjustments you're going to be making next year when you get into the annual planning discussion, right? Like if you, if prospecting PFP is something that is going to be important next, next year, build it into your annual planning because it needs to happen. Give it a runway. Yeah. I would say, uh, I would even take, take, take off the if, right? For most people, it is important. It is important. Um, build the runway now. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sherwin-Williams Company, introducing their brand new gallery series product line, Waterborne Top Coat. 
a hard-wearing, professional-grade coating that achieves a factory-like finish on cabinets, trim, and millwork. Sherwin-Williams is proud to introduce Gallery Series Waterborne Top Coat. This coating is designed specifically for the cabinet refinishing market with attributes formulated to benefit you, our pro customer. Gallery Series is available in a range of sheens, including 10 gloss matte, 20 gloss satin, and 40 gloss semi-gloss. This coating can be tinted to a variety of colors and has a recommended color palette available that focuses on industry and designer trends. So some other, uh, other solutions here would be working more on IR with, with your team. Right. Do all of your reps even know what IR is or just identity role? Uh, do they have a healthy mindset around rejection? They may say they do, but do, do they really? So uh, really, if prospecting and business development is a focus of yours, then, then training and having healthy IR, uh, training on IR and having healthy IR also needs to be a focus. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of times when we're celebrating the behavioral wins like we talked about we're, we're doing that because we need to build the muscle and well let's do a shout out here to organizational muscle the, mm -hmm. the book coming out yes uh, by kevin nolan right failure builds the muscle if you want to lift a heavy weight you can't just show up at the gym on day one and lift the weight you're going to try and fail to lift that weight many times before you eventually eventually lift it so yes have a lot of awkward conversations with property managers that's great you know why because you're getting better at it um, that we, we need we need to, to to celebrate and identify those awkward conversations and those failures to get a sale as building towards progress uh, so it's it's a total mind shift around what success is it's not closing 50 percent of your leads this month it's did i talk to, to enough people that's success um and then you know it really you know kind of adding to that it's about the baby steps defining what, what success is but train your people on word tracks how to break in read fanatical prospecting as, as a group give them the weapons and the tools to be good at this um and and make it something that is uh they're not saying no to because they, they don't have to know how anymore and also i'd imagine providing some kind of structure okay what, like what are the tools that can be that they can be utilizing through the prospecting, right? I mean, you just mentioned reading certain books, doing certain trainings, but what is it? How can they be better prospectors? How can they, they be better at business development um, with with certain tools in hand? Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely should read fanatical prospecting. Um, in that book, there's you know, there's a there's a lot, of course, but some of the things we talk about often is um, what's what's your message. What's your tonality and, and your body language? Um, and how are you helping the person? How are you going to help the person you're talking to? Uh, you're not showing up to, to sell and you know hawk your wares. Um, it's how are you solving a problem? So your messages need to be assumptive and confident. You need to speak with normal inflection, you know, maybe a deeper pitch, relaxed pace. Um, and then you know, you're doing certain things like. I, uh, using a prospect's name, right? But that's kind of how you get their their attention. Um, being really clear around what their pain points might be, and what your your company, what what problems you guys solve. So, 
having a a real great arsenal to go after and and uh, and doing the research doing, like, and, and doing the research yeah how can other reps or business owners support these behaviors i mean how often are we are we checking in on how the prospecting plan is going so let me how how are they how are you following up i guess yeah i guess like once as a as a business owner if you have tasked your sales team to start sure. prospecting you put some plans in place what's the support there what's the fo- what's like what's the follow up well yeah so i I've, i have a couple steps here that that um if you want to kind of start breaking into this uh that that i would recommend following so let's do it step step 1 is is getting getting the whole team on board for domination right um getting them into the right mindset to prospect and business development, do business development, um, basically getting your culture right. right. The best systems, the best word tracks will all die if they're planted in bad culture. Um, so getting the culture right, if someone's not fully in, then there need to be there might need to be some crucial conversations to have with them. Um, so then to get started, um, step two would be growing your circle of influence. So everyone has a circle of influence. Uh, influential relationships in their world. So you need to list out all the influential relationships that you have that would help you in in this endeavor, right? You're not listing mm-hmm. your your uh, wife's brother-in-law, right? That that you know. <laughs> uh, it needs to be someone in your world that unless he's a very from. influential person, correct? Of course, a of great course. job. Yes, big uh, big TikTok influencer. Um, <laughs> so list all the relationships and then you need to plot where the relationship currently stands. So are they a target, someone you've heard about that you want to begin talking to? Are they a new acquaintance that you've met one time at a, at a function and you think could be something to, 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 to kind of continue to see? Are they a professional or personal peer, someone that you, you work with often um, that, you know, is quite familiar to you? Uh, are they a raving fan? Uh, so are they someone who actively promotes your company or you or your work? Uh, or are they, are they a respected advisor, someone you go to often with questions and for help? Um, now, different companies have different relationship ladders. Uh, so that that's just a sample of relationship ladder. Um, you may have eight different categories that you use in your company. Um, but, but define the relationship ladder and then plot your circle of influence on that relationship ladder. And then you're going to want to add to that list as well. So how do you do that? You, well, you need to define what kind of relationships we want. And a lot of times that's coming from the company vision, right? Where are we going to be in three years? Are we going to be doing more commercial work, more industrial work? Or, you know, so if, we're, if that's the path we want to go down, then what kind of relationships would we want to foster right now? Are we going after HOA board board? members and presidents? Are we going after property managers? Are we going after real estate agents? Are we going after architects? Are we going after interior designers, general contractors, influencers? No matter the trade you are in, whether you are an excavator, whether you are a landscaper, a painter, there there are always key relationships, uh, no matter whether you do residential, commercial, industrial, there are always going to be key people and relationships that act as accelerants uh, in your world that, that could, that could funnel work your way. Um, so it's about identifying what those kind of niches are that you want to go after. 
and then doing the market research. So if we want to go after HOA uh, board members, for example, let's pull up and do some research around the biggest HOAs in our area. And then how do we figure out who's on that board? And then you go from there. Um, and then we get to step three, which is making your plan of attack, right? So we strongly advise uh, using a prospecting, uh, you know, uh, a prospecting attack plan or mm -hmm. a document of, of some sort. Um, where you are charting out all the different contacts, um, your current relationship with them, but then you're going into um, who will you be contacting, when, how, what is your message or purpose of the communication, right? How are you helping them? Because just like your sales reps and your, your estimators, all that, they have the with them, what's in it for me? Every single person that you're contacting has the same thing, right? Well, what's, right. In it? What, what's in it for them? Um, and then it's it's you defining as a group, as a sales team, what does a successful contact look like? Am I just looking for them to get to know me, drop off my business card? Uh, am I looking to um, just kind of broach the relationship? Or is this a respected advisor and, and a successful contact here looks like them giving me a couple names to go after? Um, so, so defining that. And then this is something you want to be reviewing weekly. In your sales meeting, it's here are the five people I said I was going to contact last week. I did that. Here's how I did that. Here's what we talked about and what the next step is going to be. Uh, here's my plan of attack for this coming week. There are these five people that I'm going to make a contact with. Here's how I'm going to contact them. Email, text, phone, in person, right? And then as a team, you're celebrating those behaviors, you're celebrating if if the goal of the whole team is each person needs to make five contacts a week and someone did it, then you celebrate it the same way you would if they hit their sales goal uh, in a previous sales meeting, right? Yeah. Uh, so that that's kind of the overall, you know, skimmed down way of uh, a plan of how I would go about this. Yeah, I mean, it's don't think it's complicated. I actually think it's almost, you've almost gamified it a little bit, right? And everyone, you think about sales reps and competition wanting to win. This is a great way to set, get your, get your team in place, line up, you know, your, your strategy and then win. Right. And to kind of bring in some levels of work here and Tom Foster, right? Oh, Andrew's going to love you for this. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm doing this for him. Um, <laughs> sales reps tend to live in, believe it or not, in the lowest level, in, in level one. They're, they're really thinking in terms of days and weeks. Um, you know, you might say, well, they have monthly goals, so they're living in months too. Yeah, I, maybe, but I, I think they're more on, on their day and their week. Um, and rarely, if ever, they're thinking about the year. Uh, so let's bring just some context from those who don't know levels of work and Tom Foster. So levels of work relates to time span, how, how, what, what time span we are working in, we are thinking, thinking of. So Colin, when you say level one, doesn't mean that it's level one to level four is where, where somebody's at in terms of their um, expertise. It's the time frame in which they're working and thinking in. Correct. So somebody who's thinking in level three and level four is thinking about future planning of next year or maybe two years out, right? right. So if sales reps are living in a level one world, their responsibilities that they're thinking about 
are the most present right yeah, now. The, the, a simple way of thinking about it is someone who is has a job in level one, their their role is to produce quality work. So think sales rep, think um, an, an artist, think a brain surgeon. They're very much in that moment, living second by second, constructing something and trying to produce quality. Um, whereas sales managers and uh, owners and presidents of companies, they are very much in the level two and above uh, time span where they're looking at months, years, multiple years. And prospecting and business development is very much not a level one type activity because you you would not be doing it if all you cared about was this moment. Right. Um, so it's 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 really it's that point of conflict of sales managers living in level at, at level three, the reps are living at level one. So no wonder they're going to have different different ideas of how to go about their day, right? So the best way to, for a sales manager to win here. Um, is to bring the work down to their level and bring prospecting and business development down into level one and have the payoff and the reward be about what can I do in this moment? What does quality work look like today? It looks like making this phone call and using these word tracks and moving the relationship ladder up just one rung, right? So you got to bring it into their time span with daily and weekly celebrations and, and payoffs, um, which will, by doing all that, eventually lead to the long-term payoff, which you're looking for. So that a year and a half from now, when it's the winter of 2024, 2025, you've been working a relationship for a year and a half, and you finally have the relationship equity to ask for, for, for the sale. Whereas right now, you, may, you might not be able to. You can could, you could, you could do it, but it may not mean anything. This is just one of those continuous practices that, like you kind of said at the beginning, gets the priority gets taken away or gets lessened because we get so busy with the day-to-day -day and the leads coming in. Right. But we always come back to this conversation, which shows that it's never going to go away. We're always going to be talking about a need for prospecting and biz dev. Right. So the, best, the, the best time to start this conversation was probably a couple months ago. The second best time is right now. So <laughs> you might be a little late to the game here as far as the summer. But um, if you've got some targets and type of work you know you want to be doing this winter, now is the time to be, it's, now it's time to get started about, about how you're going to go after that. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. Colin says go out and prospect. So until next time, may you have success in your prospecting. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.